At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of the nightcap coming to you here from the VEASAN studios at the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Abebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg here as we are on a Monday after All-Star Weekend. We had the Daytona 500 yesterday. We're sweating out college basketball, talking a little NBA, but how could we go an entire show without talking <laughs> about NFL, specifically NFL draft season. Draft season is here, folks. If you don't know, now you know. And to help us get ready to talk a little NFL draft, we bring in Eddie Brown, NFL draft analyst for San Diego Union Tribune. Eddie, we appreciate you joining the show here this evening. You have a mock draft out there right now. I'm looking at it, and right now, if the folks haven't seen it, Evan Neal, Alabama offensive tackle, going number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is so much different than the draft we had last year where it was QB top-heavy. This draft looks like it's going to be led by the tackles and maybe the edge rushers as well. Yeah, I think teams are going to be focusing on protecting the quarterback and getting after the quarterback. Um, uh, Because the quarterback class that we have, I think it's more, um, you know, a group that are going to be developmental picks. It's going to, it's going to very talented group, but they all have issues. And so it's going to, what's really going to determine their success at the next level is what teams they hook up with and what coaching staffs get a chance to try to, you know, um, uh, get the get their get them to reach their full potential, um, but yeah, definitely. I think we're we've kind of narrowed it down. If I'm if I'm looking, I'm I'm seeing probably three or four players that have a chance to go number one, and that's Evan Neal, Aiden Hutchinson, um, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, and I think a dark horse right now is uh, Ikem Equinu out of NC State. I think the question mark with him is is he going to play guard or tackle at the next level? But I think he's dominant wherever you put him. Well, yeah, I wanted to follow up with you and ask, like, Evan Neal, I'm seeing him being the guy that's being mocked a lot to the Jacksonville Jaguars at number one at DraftKings. He's plus 150 to be the number one overall pick. Is he going to kind of emerging as the consensus guy, or is it still a little too early right now to say there's a consensus offensive tackle, which is the direction many folks think the Jaguars will go? Right. I think it's a little bit early, but I think Neal probably at this point is kind of, you know, uh, got, got, a, got a leg up. Uh, so to speak, on, on the, the rest of the group. Um, he's somebody that, you know, improved every season in Tuscaloosa. He's somebody that thrived at both tackle positions for the Crimson Tide. 
Um, and he also played a little bit of guard, but the fact that he played right and left tackle and, and, and he was able to thrive in the SEC is a big deal. Um, like I said, for the rest of the guys, I think you're looking at um, the tackle positions. The guys who are playing strictly tackle are, are a little bit a step below him as far as his pedigree. Um, and a guy like Equinu is somebody who, you know, I think it depends on what the scout, the scouts and the coaching staff thinks, you know, are we going to, are we going to get a pro bowl guard? Or are we going to get a pro bowl to tackle here? Because at the tackle position, um, you know, for NC state, nobody could, nobody was more physical and more dominating in the run game than he was. Um, so you, you could see a future of him playing right tackle at the next level. But I think Neil uh, right now, especially for Jacksonville, when you're looking at a team that, you know, needs to protect their investment in, in Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think Neil is, is shaping up to be pretty solid. Uh, that. Do you think, do you envision any scenario in which Jacksonville trades out of the number one overall selection? I know it's not a draft where there's a clear cut number one guy that teams might be, you know, trying to move up to get, but when you consider they need a lot more than just one piece here in the draft to build this roster and to turn it around rather quickly can you envision any scenario they trade down well i think that's i think that's a great point um you know i think doug peterson when he took the job i think he uh you know announced that hey this might not be a quick turnaround um and part of that is because like you said there's not it's kind of hard it's going to be hard to move back and, and and get a nice haul without a quarterback causing teams to come up and uh, and 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 want to make that investment. Um, Jacksonville definitely. I mean, it's just bad luck on their end. Um, they already have their guy in Lawrence, and so it would have been really good for them if, like, somebody like Trey Lance would have stayed one more year and then been the guy this year. And I think that would have caused a bunch of teams to want to get up to number one for him. Um, but you know, ideally, yeah, sure, they'd be able to trade back. They'd be able to stockpile picks and still be able to land, you know, a, a great tackle or an edge rusher. Uh, you know, in the top five, um, you know, top 10. And there's a lot of edge rushers that I think, I think right now, I think I have four going in the top 10. So um, that would be ideally. I don't think that's going to happen because like I said, with quarterback, it's just that there's not, there's not a, a player out there to motivate teams to move up at this point for that, for what that would cost. We're speaking with Eddie Brown here, NFL draft analyst for the San Diego Union Tribune. Let's stay on these quarterbacks here. We mentioned how there's not like a top flight guy that teams are looking at as the top five quarterback. But do you think any of these quarterbacks, whether it be Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or Matt Corral, any of those guys that you think can get into the top 10? Uh, yeah, I think I think the earliest we're going to really talk about a quarterback potentially going is probably at six with Carolina as as the board kind of sits right now. Um, and I think, I think there's a lot of scuttlebutt between Pickett and Carolina because of his history with Matt rule. Um, you know, Pickett actually committed to temple when Matt rule was uh, coaching there. And then he ended up, you know, having a really great senior year at high school and, you know, his, his star kind of rose a little bit and a team like a uh, school like Pittsburgh was able to kind of uh, get him to decommit um, from temple and move over into the ACC. Um, so there's already connection there. Rule already, uh, already, obviously made the decision that he fits his system. That's already there. Um, I can't imagine a lot has changed between, um, you know, since then, because he's obviously developed over the last five years. Um, so I think there's already connection there. Um, if they, if they don't decide to go quarterback, then we're probably looking right outside the top 10. You're looking at it, number 11 in Washington right now. Um, but I, I think that's, that would probably be the, the, where we start to think about, okay, outside the top five, what are the Panthers doing? Did they make a trade during, you know, did they, there's not really a free agent out there for them. Did they make a trade? If they didn't make a trade, then we're going to be, the scuttlebutt's going to be, Hey, are they going to pull the trigger on picket at number six? 
When it comes to the quarterbacks in the combine, uh, who do you think has the opportunity to really elevate their stock the most uh, amongst this group of guys? Well, I think, I mean, they all, you know, every all of them except for uh, Corral was at the Senior Bowl, and I think they all did themselves a service uh, by being there. Um, you know, they, none of them, I don't think, knocked it out of the park. I think uh, Malik Willis, you know, came out of there looking pretty well. Um, we saw how dynamic he can be with his legs. We saw his strong arm on display, um, you know, and the type of caliber player he is. I think going to the combine, he's going to what's, what's going to be the difference for, for somebody like Willis. I think a great comp is Jalen Hurts. You look at them, they're both pretty much the same size. They're 6'1". They're both around 220. Um, stocky guys with really strong arms. I think Willis has an even stronger and more accurate deep ball than even Hurts did. The, the difference is Hurts was much more um, developed at, by this time at this stage in the game. And I think the problem with Willis is his accuracy, anything outside of the deep ball, is kind of buckshot. And so for him to go and work out at the combine and, you know, go through the motions and everything like that, I think the combine and the pro days and all his private workouts are going to do a lot because he's going to have to show that he can take the coaching and, um, you know, work on his, you know, work on his accuracy and, and the coaches and scouts are going to have to see his development up close and personal to make that call. Can we do that at the next level? Um, if he was able to do that, I think then he can get, find himself in the first round. If not, we're talking day two and it can be anywhere from the second or third round. That's, that's the, he has the biggest range for me out of all the quarterbacks. Eddie, I'm really interested in these pass rushers at the top of the draft board. Michigan's Aiden Hutchinson, Oregon's Kayvon Thibodeau. Now, you gave the Detroit Lions Aiden Hutchinson of Michigan, and you thought that they could go in either direction, but what made you lean towards Hutchinson at that spot at number two? I think he fits the mentality that they're trying to build there. Um, also, his versatility on the line, I think, I think he probably has – I'm not sure his ceiling is as high as Thibodeau, um, but I think he's ready-made right now, and he's scheme-proof. And I think the Lions are in a position where they showed a lot of fight this year. You know, they didn't necessarily show up in the in the win column, but you saw the Lions. They were competitive, and they they showed like they were taking over kind of the mentality that that coach wanted to come in and build, and, and you saw a little bit of an effect of that. I think Hutchinson fits what he's trying to teach there. Um, I, I, I think he's going to be able to step in. I think he's going to be able to go day one, um, you know, high-floor guy, uh, and, and ceiling, I think he may be approaching the ceiling compared to Thibodeau, but I think that, that, you know, it's, it, you're looking at a potentially, you know, double digit sack guy and a guy who can kind of galvanize the defense of the pass rush. And I think the, the lions are going to favor that. There's a few more questions with Thibodeau as far as his durability. Um, and, and also, you know, where he is right now compared to where it might take two or three seasons to get the most out of Thibodeau compared to what Hutchinson, I think he's going to be able to hit the ground running. First skill position player off the board, Drake London or Garrett Wilson? Drake London. I, I, I think I have Garrett Wilson right now. I think I think, you know, in my in my latest mock, but I think Drake London's gonna find a way to surpass him. Once teams get to see he's healthy, once they see they, they get to see him up close and personal in the workouts, I, I, I there's just some Mike Evans in Drake London. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like Garrett Wilson. I like Garrett Wilson a lot, but there's some Mike Evans in, in, in Drake London, and that's the number one guy. That's somebody who's going to be a, a difference maker uh, day one. And I think we only got a chance to see a glimpse of him before he hurt, before he got hurt this year. But he was dominant, and and he was only scratching the surface of what he can be at the next level. In about thirty seconds, Eddie, is there a guy who's highly touted right now in the mock draft that you think might fall down the board? 
Um, right now, probably, I, I, I think the, one of the biggest guys that I'm kind of interested in is Tyler Linderbaum. He's center out of Iowa. Uh, he's a top 10 player in this draft class, but he's a center and he's only going to play center. So how far low, you know, what are, is he going to fall back into the, into the bottom half of the first round? Just because he plays center, that's going to be a good question. But the talent there and, and the, the caliber of player, he, he's a top 10 guy in this draft class, but he could go in the back end of the first round. Scouting Combine just 10 days away over there in Indianapolis. Eddie will be all over it. We appreciate you joining us here on the Nightcap, Eddie. And all the best going forward as draft season is here, man. Best of luck. I appreciate it, guys. You take care. Drake London. Yeah. SC guy. He was a really good player there. Number four to the Jets. Let's go. <laughs> there you go. You want him for your New York Jets gang green? <laughs> we'll see if they can pull the trigger on Drake London. On the other side, who's going to lead the league in points per game? And also, Aaron Rodgers. He's on social media again. We'll discuss it here on the Nightcap. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now. Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Bebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg. And, and Scott, we mentioned how NFL season is over. And a lot of the it's discussion. Never it's never over. This is an <laughs> endless cycle. The beast that is always being fed. But the big headlines in this NFL season is what's going to go on with the quarterback carousel. Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady retired, we think. He might come back. Who knows? Aaron Rodgers' uncertainty. Jimmy Garoppolo is likely going to move on to another place. We'll probably see Trey Lance take over in San Francisco. But we just got a little bit of news from the reigning two-time MVP, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. Now, he posted on Instagram earlier this evening. This is just this is fresh content, folks, for the people that are tuning in and not following Aaron Rodgers. But the image that he posted on Instagram has a quote of, gratitude is the wine for the soul. Go on, get drunk. 
And then in the message, he proceeds to thank a lot of the people who've been close to him, Shailene Woodley. He thanked her. Then he thanked a lot of the guys, the QB room with Jordan Love, Kurt Benkert, thanked Nathaniel Hackett, mm-hmm. Matt LaFleur, uh, guys who are in the Green Bay organization, Randall Cobb, David Bakhtiari. He says, and this is the kind of the final passage, it says, to my teammates past and current, you are the icing on the beautiful cake we call our job football. The friendships that we have will transcend our collective time in this game, and I am so thankful for the role that each of you have played in making my life that much better. I love you guys and cherish the memories we've made. Now, that, that, I, I don't know what he's saying, but he's saying something, Scott. I think what he's saying is we're all going to find out really soon what he's doing with this future. Uh, To me, it reads a little bit more like a goodbye to Green Bay, not so much a goodbye to football. Mm -hmm. I don't think this is a retirement post. I do think this is a goodbye to Green Bay post. And I think we find out soon that that's going to be the case here, that he is going to play, it just won't be in Green Bay. I mean, that that would be an absolute bombshell for the NFL. I mean, this is the the reigning two-time MVP. He's won four MVPs, second most all-time, only trailing Peyton Manning. And right now at DraftKings, when you look at the odds board, I mean, you're not going to move any numbers based off of that Instagram post. It's cryptic. He could just be saying that I just want to spread some gratitude on a Monday because it's hashtag gratitude Monday or whatever he's calling it. (laughs) But right now, the Green Bay Packers at DraftKings, 14-1 to to win the Super Bowl, to win the NFC 6-1. to But you are looking at the division odds because they are minus 200 to repeat as NFC North champs. But if he leaves, that opens it up for the other teams in the division. Yeah, and the Minnesota Vikings are the most complete team right now with the best quarterback in that division So uh, without Aaron Rodgers. So I think plus 300 for the Minnesota Vikings is worth the look. And, and, and just look at the Vikings now in general. Look at the odds to win the uh, NFC at 16 to 1 or Super Bowl odds at 35 to 1. We already know that it's going to be easier to get to the Super Bowl in the NFC rather than the AFC. Because the AFC is loaded, whether it's the Chiefs, whether it's the Bills, the Chargers. Okay, in the NFC, if Aaron Rodgers is gone, okay, Mm -hmm. you don't have to deal with him. Tom Brady's gone. We think. You you don't got to deal with him. Uh, the Saints are in a rebuild. Which Sean Payton's gone. They're going to be uh, don't have to deal with them. The Rams might have a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover, but they're still uh, the team to beat. Cowboys, I'm not buying into them at all. So, if you look at a team like Minnesota, who you can make the argument that Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback in that conference, right? I mean, just take a look at the quarterbacks there. Okay, Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Matt Stafford, um, Kyler Murray, iffy. Uh, and then everybody else has a bunch of question marks. Russell Wilson has even uh, been down lately, and we'll see where he ends up, by the way, because if he ends up in Washington, let's say, then the commanders look interesting. But the Vikings, without Aaron Rodgers in that division, will win the NFC North. And keep in mind, last season, when all the Aaron Rodgers will-he-won't-he news was coming out, mm-hmm. the odds flipped. Were, and remember, yes. for a time, the Vikings became the favorite in that division. That will happen here once we find out if Aaron Rodgers is not going to be a Packer anymore. The Vikings will go from plus 300 to minus 175 or so to win that division. So you already know with confidence you can say they're going to win that division, which means. But can can you say it with confidence, though? Yes, absolutely. Lions know and Bears know. 
this is still the Minnesota Vikings, though. Uh, yeah, like, like, this Kirk, is, I get what you're saying yes. about Kirk Cousins, but, I mean, he's not really setting the world on fire either, and they also have a first-year head coach. Though, statistically, though, Kirk Cousins is. You know, there was a time this year when he had, what, like 25 touchdowns to three interceptions this year? Like, every, there, we, I, I talked about him as a possible MVP candidate at one point this year because of his numbers were, were so incredible. He was right up there with everybody, and the lack of interceptions was huge. So if Minnesota wins that division, they have a home playoff game. Yeah. And now you're giving me a team at 35 to 1 that's going to be home in the playoffs? You like Cousins in the playoffs? I like him at home better than the road. Yeah. That's so I'm, I'm just saying you can sell off of it at that point, though. Yeah. If you take 35 to 1 on the Minnesota Vikings to win the Super Bowl, now you just start betting against them when it gets to the playoffs. So you, maybe they win in the wild card round, and then you bet against them in the divisional round, or you bet against them in the conference championship, whatever it is. You got 35 to 1. You're selling off at that point. You're turning a profit. There's no be, excuse could be a not number, to. It could be a number one seed. I mean, exactly. look at the NFC. The NFC West is going to beat up on each other like they usually do in that division. And then the NFC East, I don't think you're going to get a number one seed out of there. The South, no. So, so it's like they could be a number one seed. So I get where you're going with this point. The reason why I'm just not all the way in on this Vikings team because they're getting older on defense. Now, I love the receivers with Jefferson and Thielen. We'll see if Thielen comes back there. He was banged up toward the end of this year. Uh, Osborne was really good whenever he mm -hmm. was out there. Uh, but the Chicago Bears, I think you can make an argument. Now, they have the first-year head coach with Matt Eberflus. But we've seen second-year quarterbacks make that jump. And Justin Fields, in my opinion, has a higher upside than a Kirk Cousins. Now, the floor is lower as well. Mm -hmm. And we saw that. And whatever they do with that offensive line, they have to protect him. But why not take a flyer with the Bears at plus 650 to win the division? No, thanks. I want no <laughs> you're part just, of you're this. You're not buying it? No part. Bears are a six-win <laughs> team at best next year. Woo! At best. Six wins. If Rodgers is gone? Even if Rodgers is gone. Rodgers is gone. They're going to split with the Packers. They'll they'll split with the Lions. Lions will pull an upset over them. They'll, they'll get swept by the Vikings, and then that's it. They'll, they'll be you know six wins. I mean, it's to me it opens up so many possibilities. And before we close the book on Rodgers, I mean he hasn't said anything yet. We don't know. We're all speculating right now, but it leads one to believe when you read that message that some sort of announcement is coming about something. If he were to leave, like, do you think this is even a smart move for him to leave? Just because, how, as we've outlined, the NFC is wide open. Yeah. They were the number one seed this year mm -hmm. with Tom Brady in the conference. Now that he's gone, I mean, the best path to the Super Bowl, if they're able to get Devontae Adams sure. back, is in Green Bay. But can you keep this team together? Will Adams be able to be back? Mm -hmm. Three straight years. 13 wins. It's never been done in NFL history. Didn't even reach and, the Super Bowl. And and no, it didn't even go to the, the, the conference championship. You know, the two years prior, they went to the conference championship game and they lost. And it was kind of like you know, always a bridesmaid, never a bride type thing. Yeah. But now it's like for Aaron Rodgers, I just think he needs something new. You, you, it's just a new challenge, something to kind of, uh, it's like when you're playing blackjack and the cards aren't coming in your favor. You play two hands. You just want to, you want to change the deck. Like I think <laughs> Rogers just wants to change the deck here because he's done everything he could do in green Bay. And the fact that he's only won one Super Bowl is honestly a disappointment. It is. So change the deck. Maybe it's Denver. Maybe it's somewhere else. See what you can do with the new team because it worked out for Tom Brady. That was going to be my next question is that where do you think if mm -hmm. he were to leave? And I want to keep putting that caveat out there. We do not know if he's leaving or not. He just put out a cryptic message. So we're working with what we got. But if he were to leave, 
Do you think it's Denver to reunite with Nathaniel Hackett, who he has a lot of respect Mm -hmm. for? He has spoken very highly of him. Or do you think that it's somewhere else? Why not Tampa Bay? They got a good offensive line sure. and a weak division. Like, where else do you think just he replaces could go? Tom Brady in, <laughs> right? in Tampa? Just can reloads? you imagine the storyline? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Denver makes the most sense. Obviously, the head coach is there, so the system is there, and he can go in there and basically uh, doesn't even have to worry about any communication issues or anything like that. He just does his own thing, right? And he just continues. And they have certainly a talented enough roster that's really just missing a quarterback. And so I think Denver makes the most sense. Could I see a dark horse candidate out there? Yeah, I don't think anything would shock me. You know, can end up anywhere. Like, I don't know. I mean, Pittsburgh. I, anywhere. I, I, I don't see him fitting in Pittsburgh, no. but maybe who knows? You could see. I mean, all, every lot- team in the league would take him except for the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, right? Yeah. Every other team in the league would take him. So even the Dallas Cowboys would say, Mike McCarthy would say, I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers. I don't think, I don't think he wants to reunite with <laughs> No, but you know what I'm saying. It's like, he'd rather, yeah, even with that relationship, he'd still say, I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers. No, no 100% there. And the, the situation, if he were to go to Denver, that division, I mean, good Lord. Like, And that's why I kind of like, is Denver the play? Because you got to battle with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, that L.A. roster. They have $50 million in cap space. They're going to get better. Mm. So, And the Vegas Raiders just made the playoffs. Now they have Josh McDaniels, at head coach. We'll see what he's able to do. So uh, it's going to be interesting nonetheless. But Aaron Rodgers giving us a little something to chew on in the <laughs> NFL as the speculation well underway. It's the nightcap. Talk a little NFL draft on the other side. VEASAN has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VEASAN all access to everything we do from now through the College Basketball Championship on April 4th for only $29. Sign up now and get our daily best bets emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. This deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. Visit VEASAN.com slash madness to sign up today. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe, Scott Seidenberg. We're talking a little Aaron Rodgers. Got the, <laughs> got the juices flowing here with the NFL action. Aaron Rodgers putting out a little bit of a cryptic message on Instagram, thanking a lot of people in his personal life yep. and within the Green Bay Packers organization. One might be led to believe that this could be a goodbye message. He never says goodbye. Important to note that, but it almost reads like a goodbye to the Green yeah. Bay Packers. Only time will tell what he ends up doing. But there are odds, Scott, on which team Aaron Rodgers could be traded to from the Green Bay Packers. Now, the favorite is the team that you brought up, the Denver Broncos at plus 275. San Francisco, the 49ers, a team that passed on him in the mm. NFL draft way back when. They are plus 350. Then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus 400. Steelers 6 to 1. Colts plus 750. Saints 10 to 1. Dolphins 12 to 1. As well as the Las Vegas Raiders. But the Broncos seem like the most logical fit. Yeah. But we're betting people. We like juicy numbers. Which one of these value plays intrigues you? Uh, Colts probably. Um, Raiders maybe. Uh, just looking at teams that obviously could 
do something with the quarterback. 49ers would be so weird, though, because what are they going to do? Are they going to keep Trey Lance? Like, Garoppolo's yeah. going to be gone, but, like, like, did he keep Trey Lance as, I, I, as Aaron Rodgers' backup? I feel like they're pot committed like, with Yeah, Trey Lance. of course. Like, so, I, well, listen, obviously Aaron Rodgers is an upgrade, but how long is he going to play? So, um, do you now sit Trey Lance for a couple of years and, and – He's on the bench for four seasons before he actually starts. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what they're going to do. The Colts obviously could use him, and then if they get him, you know, throw them into the mix with the Chiefs and the and the Bills uh, for the tops in the AFC. Raiders, I think, would be actually really interesting. Um, Derek Carr's contract situation is, you know, intriguing mm-hmm. to see what the team is going to do with him moving forward, and. They don't have a, a backup option, really. Uh, it, it, they would certainly like to address it in the draft, but Aaron Rodgers, Sin City? I mean, the, it, Aaron Rodgers in the silver, silver and black. And black. <laughs> like, that would be outrageous. I mean, I and I, I'm know. not sure what the Raiders' cap space is, but I mean, there was always the rumors of Devontae Adams linking up with Derek Carr since those guys played together at Fresno State back in college. Maybe Devontae Adams links up with Aaron Rodgers in Las Vegas here is, uh, and plays for the Las Vegas Raiders. Is Ken Stabler's number 12? They'll be able to unretire that and, and let, him, let him wear it, right? They, they'll have, uh, have, to, they'll uh, have to go uh, hit up Ken Stabler's estate yeah. or something to see if they can work something out there to uh, to get him that. Wouldn't that be 12. something if Adams does sign with the Raiders because he wants to reunite with Derek Carr and then Aaron Rodgers comes <laughs> to like, Can't get rid of me now, buddy. Can't get rid of me now. <laughs> I, I mean, that would be... The AFC West intrigues me, but it's so difficult. And the reason why I just keep getting so hung up on why would he want to go to Denver or why would he maybe want to go to a Las Vegas is because you're still have. I, mean, I know the Kansas City Chiefs that were not the juggernaut this year that they have been in the previous two years, but they still have Patrick Mahomes, who is widely regarded as the best quarterback in the NFL. Now, how long Andy Reid coaches there, we don't know. But when you got Patrick Mahomes, that's a really good building block to kind of go from. So that's still a tough division, not to mention the Chargers, who with all the cap space that they have, they could become a really, really good team in 2022. I just thought of something, and it makes me think about the Indianapolis Colts even more. That's the one that makes sense. (sighs) Rodgers signs with the Colts and becomes Pat McAfee's (laughs) co-host. And the two of them have... You know, do the do their do their thing. We cracked the code. Yep, we've cracked the code. By the way, Pat McAfee is trending right now on Twitter because of this Aaron Rodgers thing, and you better believe you know whatever news Rodgers has is going to come out on Pat McAfee's show. Pat McAfee does his show from Indy. He's got his relationship with Jim Irsay and the Colts, obviously, because he played for them. Do you think that the I'm just are, saying, are you saying the Colts are tampering? Through Pat McAfee to uh, get to Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. Just say, <laughs> don't be surprised if all of a sudden we find out Aaron Rodgers is an Indianapolis Colt and is also co-hosting three days a week with Pat McAfee. <laughs> you can see him about eleven to two p.m. or whatever yeah. Pat McAfee's show is. But it's the, to me the Colts from a football standpoint makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, of to course, me because the division yeah. is there for the taking. I mean, Indianapolis, I mean, we saw what happened at the end of the season. They're losing to the Las Vegas Raiders, the horrific loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars in week 18. And there's already talks that they're looking to either trade or release Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. So the opening will be there for Indianapolis for another quarterback. I'm sure they're looking to upgrade once again. And if you're Rodgers, I mean, all you have to do is beat the Tennessee Titans. Jacksonville's still probably a year away from really competing. Good young wide receivers, best running back in the NFL. Houston's barely hanging on as an NFL franchise. So it's like 
the path to a division title will be the most clear other than being in Green Bay in the NFC North. Mm -hmm. And then also, if you do that, like you mentioned, you can maybe get a number one seed with all these other divisions beating up on each other. Indianapolis at plus 750, I think, is a very, very good yeah, look there. I like that. I'm starting to think about it and, even and more. The, and the McAfee chair on top. Thing. Look yep. at you. Yeah. The it. Pat Mac. Possible co-host Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> I mean, you. you put it into the universe. There's some, there's some stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. You think there's some plotting? Yes. <laughs> plotting there's with Pat there's something going on. Uh, Broncos are the favorites, plus two seventy-five. Let's turn our attention to another market in the NFL, and that's who's going to be the number one overall pick in this spring's draft. The draft being held here in Las Vegas. I cannot wait for that. Draft prop betting was amazing mm, last year. Absolutely. It's going to even go to another level this year, and it's going to be us tons of fun throughout the spring. And right now, the favorite, and it's interesting because we have different books offering different odds. The favorite over at BetMGM is Aiden Hutchinson at plus 165. However, at DraftKings, it's Alabama offensive tackle Evan Neal at plus 150. He's also the favorite over at PointsBet. But to you, like, to me, when I look at that, it's just it feels like there's nobody who's a concrete top guy in this class, meaning that there could be some opportunities, maybe sprinkle throughout, depending on what kind of price sure. you can get. And look at Ikem Ikwanu. I, I absolutely think that he's live to be the number one overall selection. Uh, I do think it's going to be an offensive lineman, though, because if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, how do you not draft a tackle that could be a cornerstone of your offensive line for the next 10 years mm -hmm. and protect Trevor Lawrence? He can't make the throws if he's constantly on his back. So while a pass rusher would be great, and we've seen how the elite pass rushers can change games. I mean, Aaron Donald changed that Super Bowl, right? And we've seen other players do it in the past. But we've also seen, you know, you draft the Kayvon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson. What's J.J. Watt one, right? Yeah. What's, what's Jadavian Clowney one? You know, these guys were game-changing edge rushers that I would kind of find similarities to Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau, that Jadavian Clowney, J.J. Watt. No. You win with your quarterback. Yep. And how do you keep your quarterback healthy? By putting a hog right on that offensive line <laughs> to protect him. So I think the Jags are best served by drafting either Okonu or Evan Neal. It's interesting because we see the tackles and the edge guys, and they, that seems conventional wisdom says that, that those are going to be the guys who go number one just because it's not the wow quarterback class that we saw last year with five mm -hmm. guys going in the first round. However, could you maybe take a little flyer on one of these QBs so to be I, top I, overall? I thought pick? about it, and the only way I thought, the only way I think it's possible is if Detroit leaks it out that they're taking a quarterback. Mm-hmm. If and think about this happens all the time. People leak things around the NFL draft, and a oh, lot. We're, of, about, we're about a few weeks away yeah, from, from and, leak and, season, and it's <laughs> some of it's most of it's not even true, but they leak it because they they want to force other people's hands. So if the Detroit Lions start leaking, hey, Malik Willis to the Detroit Lions is happening, and all of a sudden there's a team, whether it's Denver, whether it's Washington, whether it's Carolina, that wants that quarterback that says, hey, Jacksonville. We'll, get, we'll let you move back. We'll give you uh, – we'll, we'll swap picks. We'll give you something else. Oh, they'll we get a boatload of picks. We yeah. want to leapfrog Detroit so that we get the quarterback in front of the Lions. Then it's going to be worth it to take one of these quarterbacks to go number one overall. Yeah. I, I, the week of Senior Bowl, I grabbed Malik Willis 100-1 to to be the number one overall pick just because of that very scenario yeah. right there. I was like, Jacksonville has their quarterback. 
So if you want to be the team that they clearly need a lot of help. Yeah. So why don't you only, get a lot of picks? But it would only happen if the Lions leak it that they're yes. taking a quarterback. If the Lions say, they, they need we love mark. Aiden Hutchinson, Michigan guy. He's going to play for Detroit. It's going to be great. Then there's then, no trademark. Yeah, not at all. Exactly. Yeah, yeah they, they, we need a trademark to get going. But mm -hmm. it is a long shot. At, at, at the prices right now, 30 to 141, I don't think I would do it. But earlier at Senior Bowl week, it was 100 to 1. And sure. I was like, you know what? I can bet on worse things. So yes. let me grab this. <laughs> let me grab this now. Maybe we get a little bit of buzz. Willis had a good week in Senior Bowl. I mean, you could have done the same thing with Kenny Pickett as well, who is 70 to 1 at DraftKings right now yeah. to be the number one overall pick. So the draft is just getting underway, but keep your head on a swivel with a lot of information coming up with a combine in just 10 days. On the other side, we wrap up the nightcap here on Visa the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. vsin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Welcome back. This is the final segment of the Nightcap. Femi Bebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg. We've been holding things down here at the VEASAN studios at the Circle Resort and Casino. We're just all over this Aaron Rodgers news here. <laughs> I mean, the guy, it's the, the cryptic messages in 2022. I thought we could retire them in 2021. Apparently, we cannot. So we'll see what Rodgers has to say coming up maybe tomorrow, the next day, whenever he decides to actually uh, give a take mm -hmm. on what he's going to be doing with his future. But it is a gratitude Monday, according to him. And we're going to hopefully find a little gratitude in tomorrow's college basketball card. Tuesday has a very big slate here, Scott. And we got to start with the big game out there in the Big East. Yep. Villanova taking on Connecticut right now. The Huskies two-point favorites, total of 136 in this game. Now, this is a revenge spot sure. for UConn after they got drubbed by the Wildcats. But what stands out to you when you look at the side and total in this contest? Uh, Villanova as a dog, I'm going to fire on it. Uh, anytime I can 
can get that, I'm going to auto fire on it. I like the plus two and a half right now at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, money line is plus 115. I wish the money line was a little bit higher, um, but I'll gladly take the plus two and a half, which is minus 115 right now on the DraftKings Sportsbook. And uh, I think Nova wins this game outright because I think they're the better team. Yeah, Nova, the last time we saw these two teams play, they won 85 to 74 at home. This game will now be played in stores out there in Connecticut. UConn, the Huskies, they've been coming on as of late here, second half of the season. Could be a dangerous team. Dan Hurley seems like he has that kind of thing rolling there. I know last year people thought of them as a potential sleeper to make a Final Four. They sure. bounced out by Maryland in the first round. But this year, once again, they're a tough team. They defend well and Maybe they can give Villanova a run for their money in this revenge spot. They could. Uh, you know, the total is interesting. I kind of like it to go over, if we're being honest. Mm -hmm. I could see a high-scoring performance between these two, and then whenever it's a close game like this, overtime can always come into play, and then that's your best friend if you like an over. Yeah, no, they don't call it undertime. Is what yeah, people yeah, like to exactly. say there. Um, but do you factor in revenge spots mainly when you do? I do, I do, but I've also been burned by them. Like, I, I thought it was maybe like, an, especially this past weekend, we had some cases where it was conference revenge and it didn't work out. So uh, I, I do put a little stock into it. But when it comes to teams that I think are clearly better than the other team, uh, I don't know if the revenge factor matters as much. To me, with all due respect to UConn, I think Villanova is the better team, the more complete team. Uh, and when it comes down to these late-game situations, I mean, there's no one better than Villanova at the free-throw line. So uh, I trust them more in a game-closing situation. So to me, I understand that, yes, UConn at home is going to look for revenge uh, mm -hmm. from that game that they were embarrassed in a couple of weeks ago. But I think Villanova goes in there and comes away with the victory. Well, Tuesday's action gets off with a really fun game in the SEC between Arkansas and Florida. The Razorbacks, one-point favorites in Gainesville, total of 136. Florida's coming off the big win auto over. Fade. They're coming off auto that fade. big win over it's Auburn. You auto think it's an auto fade. fade. I, I, this is one of my favorite things to do when it comes to college basketball or even just college football. Mm -hmm. I auto-fade the team off the big win. I mean, this is we're talking about a team that just beat Auburn in, 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 a, in, in an incredible finish. Like, <laughs> Fatal. That's it. That's it. That's all you need to see. That's all I need to see. All I need to see was I, I, I didn't even know who they were playing in the next game. But as soon as I saw them beat Auburn, I said, we're fading Florida their next game. And here it is. Fade Florida. It's as simple as that. I, I tend to agree with you. I was on Florida on Saturday in that game. It was a very nice one. But to me, I think that I wanted Arkansas to almost be like at a pick or maybe even a dog, but it doesn't look like we're going to get that with the line being one. I, it wouldn't shock me if we wake up tomorrow and it's one and a half, two yeah. or so in favor of the Razorbacks because, like you said, that is such a tough game to come back from after you get the semi-court storming. I'm not yeah. even sure what we call that there in Gainesville. Like it, was a, it was an awkward kind of situation there where it was like, do we want to do this? Do we not want to do that? And end up being kind of a weird situation, but a good win for the Gators nonetheless. In the Big Ten, Michigan State is taking on Iowa and the Hawkeyes are coming off a big win against Ohio State in Columbus. Right now, they are seven point favorites over at DraftKings. Total 153 and a half here. Sparty has been just struggling. They've lost four of their last five here. Do you think that they can maybe stay within that number on the road in Iowa City? Mm, they've lost three of their last four on the road, and uh, I'm not liking that at all. Uh, watched their game against Rutgers, and, and Rutgers handled their business against Michigan State, and uh, I just I haven't liked what I've seen from Sparty lately, so I don't have any confidence in them. I'd rather go with Iowa at home. Yeah, the, I was on Sparty last week against Penn State, and they were up by 13, 14 points in the second half, laying two and a half, and then they lost the game outright.
Like, that, like, <laughs> like that's what Sparty's been doing this year. Like, they just seem like this is an Izzo team that maybe next year they can be really good. Maybe. But, but right now, it seems like they're kind of in transition. Yeah. They're just very pedestrian is the way I look at it right now from what we're seeing. I mean, I was, yeah, Michigan I, State I, I was watching that Rutgers game, and I'm like, this is Michigan State? Yeah. It's, like, Rutgers ran him out of the gym. And yeah. I'm like, this it, is Sparty? It does not resemble anything we've seen Mm-mm. from Sparty over the years here. But now it's not March yet because it's January, February. Yeah, Izzo. tournament tested. <laughs> here we know. go. Tournament Tom Izzo. <laughs> we'll see what Izzo does <laughs> once he gets to his month of March. A team that's been doing really well as of late here, Texas Tech. They are laying 10 and a half at DraftKings against Oklahoma. Total 130. And this Tech team, they went to Austin last Saturday and beat Texas that game goes under the total. How do I know that? Because I had the under in that game. But the Red Raiders have been really good with Mark Adams in his first year as head coach. So this is your revenge spot here because they did lose to Oklahoma the last time they mm-hmm. played them. Uh, for a team that's for a team that lost, like this is different than Villanova UConn. My Villanova's the better team than UConn. So yep. when Villanova beats them in the first game, I'm not looking at oh revenge spot for UConn. Like Villanova's the better team. Texas Tech is the much better team here than Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. This is the revenge spot that I like. When the better team lost the first time these two teams played, now I think the better team is going to win and win handedly. Any kind of uh, apprehension when you see a total that low, 129 and a half, 130, laying double digits, mm, especially uh, on the road? Yeah. Or not, sorry, they're at home and love yeah, it, but, 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 but still, it's a, a low totaled game. This could be a 70-50 game, you know. That's <laughs> pretty much what it could be. It's a 20-point win, and and uh, I don't know if Oklahoma can get 55, maybe. You know, because this could this be a 70-55 type game, and it just goes under that 130? Probably. Yeah, and Oklahoma doesn't defend very well, and I can see Texas Tech absolutely just smothering them on the defensive side, and that is one tough place to play in Lubbock, especially if they got bad intentions, and you mentioned the revenge factor. Yeah. For the Red Raiders in the SEC last game we'll talk about here is Alabama and Vanderbilt the Crimson Tide four point favorites on the road in Nashville total 151 I can't get a handle on this Alabama team Scott so I hope you can uh I like Alabama I hate that court at Vanderbilt by the way you know like where it's it, it's, it, it's a very it's a weird court because the, the bench is below and you got to like step up to get onto the court <laughs> and then the coaches are actually like on the court but they're not like on the bench because it's got to step it's so weird it's so awkward i don't know if anybody likes playing there it's just a weird <laughs> really weird court it's a home court advantage uh, yeah it's really it's, it's really weird or it, it's it, I, it's the if you haven't watched it like go watch a vanderbilt game it's so awkward um, but and, and like the, the benches are on the opposite side than what mm-hmm. we're used to watching on TV. On the baseline, the whole thing is just just I, I don't want no part of this game. <laughs> I just don't want to watch a game in Vanderbilt. To be honest with you, uh, I like Alabama though. I think that they're a team that uh, understands that they, they could have potential this season, mm-hmm. right? But you have to win games you're expected to win, yeah. and you can't pass up opportunities that are in front of you when you're playing against an inferior opponent. In my opinion, Vanderbilt is an inferior opponent to Alabama. You got to win this game. You can't let this one slip away, and then all of a sudden you're starting to have some doubt creep into your minds as you head into conference tournament time. You need to rack up these wins when you can. Yeah, that's the thing with Alabama. They're the Jekyll and Hyde team of college basketball. Mm-hmm. They have wins over Gonzaga, they got yeah. big, but then they got losses to Georgia. So it's like, what Alabama team are we going to get? Apparently for me, whenever I bet on them, we get the bad one because it's been really <laughs> bad, and I'm staying away from Alabama until March. We'll see what happens there. But anything for you before we wrap up the show, got about a minute left. 
I know you've been looking at that NHL card. Want to give the folks a little uh, preview of what we could see tomorrow? I'm just still baffled that Toronto lost to Montreal here (laughs) on Monday. Uh, Toronto. It's it's broken your system. (laughs) It is. Uh, But Toronto is back in action, though, uh, against the Blue Jackets on Tuesday. So it's got to be a bounce back spot for me for for Toronto. I know it's the second night of a uh, back to back, but. Morazic was in net for the Maple Leafs here on um, on Monday, so they'll go back to number one on Tuesday. I like Toronto to bounce back on Tuesday against Columbus. I think we're going to be going head to head in this uh, UConn Villanova game. Wildcats are winning. I laid one and a half with the Huskies. Wildcats, Huskies will be barking in stores Mm -mm. as I like UConn in the revenge spot against Nova. Nova, I mean Gillespie's a little banged up. You know, there's still things that. That team is we'll always see. bet the team with the player that's been there 10 years. <laughs> yeah, he certainly has in Colin Gillespie. That does it for the nightcap here on VEASAN. Thank you to Andrew Kahn, Nick Whalen, and Eddie Brown for joining us here throughout the show. Coming up next, The Look Ahead with Greg Peterson here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.